Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Welcome, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, and we are here, and I'm so thrilled, so thrilled to be with you. Um, we, um, you know, I feel like we're turning into a news report here, which is not the case, but um, we're just keeping track of what's going on in the world, and um, it's just increasingly bad, uh, both without and within the church. Uh, one would hope that as things get worse in the world, um, that we would have the um, cloister, so to speak, of the church, uh, the true faith to um, uh, protect us and to come together in and be protected by our Pope and our bishops. But it seems that um, uh, the Pope and some of the bishops are the very uh, enemies of the church now, uh, in many ways, and um, many who want to stay true to the faith, um, and we must, uh, are being uh, attacked uh, from within, just as the body gets sick, the human body, and when we get a disease, we get attacked from within. It seems like the body of Christ is happening, and I don't know of an aspirin to fix it, but... Um, you know, I, I wanted so much um, uh, to go to the Catechism Explained and uh, find a way to teach it um, on video so that people who aren't local, we can all be together in that. That hasn't come together yet. But the worse things get, the more I'm convinced that the only solution is the family. It is God's solution. It is God's creation. It is God's idea uh, from the beginning to build his kingdom and to make us saints. He has no plan B. There's no other design that God has given us but the family. And that is why from the garden, um, with Adam and Eve on, the enemy has been zealous um, and on the ball, so to speak, to destroy the family, to destroy whatever God has uh, the family and the church, there would be no church without the family. There would be no civilization without the family. As Pope Leo XIII said, it is the cell of uh, society. And so the family is so broken because uh, we have given in to the evil of our day. And the more we give in, um, you know, I, I, I can't say that if Catholics always live their faith and if th three generations of of faithful wouldn't have been lost to the faith because of bishops who didn't teach and because of who knows what other things. Um, I don't know where we'd be, but we do know that we are in an awful state. And so we've given the world the opportunity to destroy not just the family, but uh, human nature, the human being itself through transgenderism and, 
uh, gender ideology and same sex whatever it, it just it it's it's uh, demonic and it is destructive um and so um uh, when you are sick and you go to a doctor if he gives you a poison pill um uh, and you trust the doctor you're going to take it and die it's almost what's happening in the church um the only solution uh, as bishop strickland often says Truth, truth is unchangeable. You cannot change the truth. Um, and Christ, quoting Bishop Strickland, is truth incarnate. You cannot change it. God's design, he has no plan B. His design is that we would be saved from original sin because we enter the world into original sin, um, meaning that we are separated from God and if we leave the world that way, we'll be separated from him for all eternity. And so God in his holiness cannot come into the presence of sin, but in his love, without compromising his holiness, he provided a way back to him. And he taught the, um, the Old Testament uh, Israelites, he gave them a law which taught them the holiness of God and his requirements as you teach your children with coloring books. He showed them that they had to take their favorite lamb without spot or wrinkle, and they had to sacrifice, kill that lamb on the altar to offer the blood of a pure, spotless animal to God as a holy offering to a holy God. And of course, no dead old or even live Old Testament lamb or goat or bull or any sacrifice could take away sin, could appease uh, a holy God. Um, but everyone through 2,000 years, uh, every single sacrifice um, was a sign in obedience to God, was a sign to point to the one who would one day come, take upon himself not the sin of a single individual, but the sin of everyone who ever lived past, present, and future, which is why when Jesus came and came into the Jordan where John the Baptist was baptizing the Jews for the remission of sin, he looked at Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, the only Lamb that could take away the sin, the only Lamb whose blood would suffice, the only spotless lamb, the only one without sin, whose blood could atone for the sins of the world. And if he remained dead on the cross, we would have a dead hero. There wouldn't even be a hero. But he rose from the dead to give life to all who will come to him. And he established his church, um, and he told the Jewish people he had given them uh, a, a vocation, uh, through the old scriptures, particularly Isaiah and, and Ezekiel, uh, that they would be a light to the nations. And, um, but they failed. They, they didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit as we do. But when the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost, God said to them, our Lord was raised from the dead, and he said to them, okay, now, now they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, go into the world. Every nation from um, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, and the other uttermost parts of the earth, and go spread the news. Now you have the power to do, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now you have the power to do 
what you didn't have the power to do for 2,000 years. Now you have it. Go now, Israelites. Go, I'm going to build my church on you. The church is Jewish. And it, it, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, all Jewish. Israel, go into all the world and spread the message, the good news, the gospel of the Messiah who came um, into the world through you, the promise of Abraham, for you, the Jew first, and also to the Greek, also to the Gentile. The gospel didn't go to the Gentiles because the Jews rejected him. Absolutely not. If the Jews rejected him, we wouldn't have Christianity today. No. God has always built his um, saving uh, posse, so to speak, his remnant. He's always used a remnant from the Old Testament right till today. A remnant, a remnant of the Jews who believed, and he established his church on Israel. All Jews at that Last Supper, where he instituted the priesthood and the Eucharist, and he said, Peter, on this rock, Peter, you, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail, and the gates of hell have not prevailed. And many people say, there's no papacy, there's no pope, or maybe Peter was that, the leader, but that's the end, it died with Peter. Well, that that makes no sense whatsoever. We have here the daughters of Mary, mother of Israel's hope, Uh, and if I die, uh, it's going to be passed on to another uh, who will be its superior, the Station of the Cross, LifeSite News. Each one has a president, a CEO, uh, uh, the head of the organization. And if for any reason they're no longer head, a new head is elected. There's no such thing as a corporation or a, a nation or anyone that doesn't have succession of leadership. And our Lord did not leave his church to die with Peter. Uh, there's been a succession from Peter to Linus to um, Cletus to Clement uh, to right to today, a succession of popes. Good popes, bad popes, but popes. And um, uh, the gates of hell will never prevail against his church. But beloved, if we let the world take over us, or if we let the evil within the church, Pope, the Paul, Pope Paul VI was right when he said that the smoke of Satan has entered the church, as the scriptures say it would, because it is the church, not invisible body of believers, but a city set on a hill. Our, our Lord established his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Catholic means universal, but it doesn't refer to all Christians. It refers to the Catholic Church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that our Lord established, against which the gates of hell will not prevail, and which our Lord will lead into all truth to the end of time. And so if you were Satan, what would you try to do? You would try to confuse Catholics and confuse the current head of the church, so uh, error would be taught and um, encountered. And all of that, we need to stay firm, beloved. And the key to everything is going back to the family, God's plan, and taking your children out of school, uh, public school for sure, most Catholic schools, and teaching them at home 
and loving your husband. The Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network is dedicated to answering the critical need of access to quality, consistent, professional, and proven Catholic programming. We cannot rely on other media outlets to properly represent our church. Catholic Radio reaches Catholics, non-Catholic Christians, and non-believers alike. As a non-profit lay organization financially independent of your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. If the cares and anxieties of life are weighing you down, come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and allow the Lord to refresh your soul. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center devoted to praying and promoting the liturgy of the hours. You'll find a tranquil atmosphere that's ideal for deep prayer, whether as an individual or for a group retreat. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Make your reservation today or learn more at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. all the time from listeners who discover the station by seeing a Tri-God bumper magnet in traffic. You can request a free bumper magnet and start evangelizing just by driving around town. Go to thestationofthecross.com and click on promotional material under the About tab. There you can request a magnet for your listening area. We even have one for the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Request yours today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have concluded through the whole first uh, 10-15 minutes of the program that things will not get better. They're going to get worse. They're getting worse as of today. They got worse, in fact. Um, uh, but God is on his throne, and he knows what he's doing. And um, the only hope for the world, I'm I, the only hope for the world, I'm. this is not a singular opinion on my part, saints have written it, um, theologians have written it, is the family, is the family. There's a wonderful apostolate who, whom I would recommend to everyone. It's called The Voice of the Family, and um, they are headquartered um, in England, and their staff is magnificent, um, their writers are magnificent, um, they are a thousand and ten percent Catholic, and they have a digest called Voice of the Family Digest, to which I subscribe. You can go on the internet and subscribe Voice of the Family Digest, and they are worthy of your support. They have a quarterly magazine, uh, The Heel of Mary, absolutely outstanding. And so Maria Medice is their editor. 
and uh, she's an, just an outstanding woman of God. Um, I cannot recommend an apostolate more highly to you. So uh, go to Voice of the Family. Their digest uh, uh, is uh, comes out, I believe, weekly. It could be um, uh, bi-weekly, but I, I think it's weekly. And their articles are absolutely outstanding. Beginning uh, in um, uh, April of 2022, um, they began a series of articles. Um, Monsignor Henry de Lassus is probably Henri de Lassus. He's French, lived 1836 to 1922, 1921 actually, 1836 to 1922. Um, and uh, he wrote, um, let me see if I could find um, the title here. I'll come to it. But what he wrote, uh, here it is. It's a two-volume work titled The Problem of the... Hold on now. Uh, the Problem of the Present Time. Um, uh, antagonism of Two Civilizations, um, uh, in which he examines the conditions of the restoration of Christian society and the return to social truth. Um, so this was written uh, two centuries ago, and it is ever more true and vital today. Um, I don't know, I think it's uh, 22 um, series, 22 articles that, that his two-volume work has been broken down. I have looked for this work all over, uh, scoured the internet, everything. It was written in French, and I don't see an English translation. If anyone has uh, the English translation of Monsignor Henri de Lassus, um, it is, um, uh, again, titled um, The Problem of the Present Time, Antagonism of Two Civilizations, and written in 1904. If anyone comes across or can locate a full English translation of that, I would be very grateful. Um, my French won't carry me through. It's very, very little. But somehow, Voice of the Family has produced this in a 22-series, a 22 articles in a series of articles. I don't know if it's their translation or if they found a translation, but I'm going to read it. And it's um, there's no way we'll cover it in uh, in one program or even 22. But let me begin because it's it's everything we need today. It's what we need today to restore the family and to restore civilization. But the thing is that what we read, we have to do. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Um, the hearing of the word doesn't save us. It is the doing of the word that saves us. So I will read this full article uh, given to us through voice of the family. And it begins, the apostolate of Monsignor Henri, or Henry de Lassus, 1836 to 1921, in the Diocese of Lille, it's L-I-L-L-E, is typical of the faithful service of the multitude of the clergy who are commemorated only on the Feast of All Saints. The reach and grasp 
of his insight extended far beyond his ecclesiastical jurisdiction to very heart of the spiritual and political malaise of Europe and the world. And we're looking two centuries, 200 years ago, whose evil fruits we continue to reap over a century later. And, and now it's over two centuries later. A perfect journalist, his highly focused works grappled with the most pressing matters of the 19th and 20th centuries, especially those urged with such paternal concern by Blessed Paul, Blessed Pius IX, Leo XIII, and St. Pius X, meriting the special attention and congratulations of the latter who raised him to the dignity of a domestic prelate in 1904. Admonished repeatedly by his immediate superiors for his staunch fidelity to these holy pontiffs, time hasn't changed. Monsignor was admonished repeatedly by his immediate superiors. Why? For his sin? No. (laughs) For his staunch fidelity. Um... To these holy pontiffs in all matters touching upon faith and morals. My goodness, nothing's new under the sun. Monsignor Henry de Lassus continued to instruct and edify the clergy and the laity alike well into the 20th century. Oh, my goodness. Somehow that's comforting. (laughs) We don't have new problems today. Satan is, is, is constant in his attacks. And it continues, Voice of the Family is pleased to present a series of 20 articles taken from Monsignor de Lassus' two-volume work, The Problem of the Present Time, Antagonism of Two Civilizations, written in 1904, in which he examines the conditions of the restoration of Christian society and the return to social truth. That's where we're at today. My goodness. This section considers this section being produced by Voice of the Family. This section of his two-volume work considers the role of the family as the origin and model of all society and the disastrous effects of human tampering with this institution to manifestly wanted, so manifestly wanted by God and nature. It's a perfect description of today. Human tampering with this institution so manifestly wanted by God and nature. To guide society back to true civilization, it is not sufficient to reestablish order in minds and in the world of work. It is also necessary to reestablish in society itself, thereby restoring social truth at the same time as economic and religious truth. Social truth is opposed to the democratic Utopia. The democratic utopia is equality. Democracy dreams up a social state which has regard only for individuals and individuals who are socially equal. This is not what God wanted. To convince ourselves of this, we have only to consider what God has made. God could have created each man directly as he created Adam as he also did for the angels. However, he did not want equality even there. He made each angel to be a species distinct in itself, responding to a particular idea 
And these ideas realized are graduated in their being as they were in the divine thought. The human race forms a single species. If we all had received existence directly from the hands of the Creator, then equality might have reigned among us. But He had other plans. He wanted us to receive life from one another and thereby to be constituted not in social liberty and equality, but in dependence on our parents and in the hierarchy which would be born of this dependence. God created Adam. Then from the body of Adam, he took the flesh that he would use to make the body of Eve. Then he blessed man and woman and said, quote, increase and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, end quote. Thus God created the family. He made it a society and he constituted it He constituted it on a completely different plane. So that of social, I'm so sorry, let me reread that sentence. God created the family. He made it a society and he constituted it on a completely different plane to that of social equality. Woman submitted to man and children submitted to their parents. We find, therefore, at the very origins of the human race, the three great social laws, authority, hierarchy, and union. The authority which belongs to the authors of life, the hierarchy which makes man superior to woman and parents superior to their children, and the union which will conserve among them one blood vivified from this first society arose states. See, the family was first. States didn't come out of the society. Well, they did, not the other way around. Society didn't come out of states. People came first, just the way the, 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 the Christianity didn't come out of the Bible. Christians wrote the Bible. We were here first. The family, said Cicero, is the principle of the city and in a way the seed of the commonwealth. The family is divided, all the while remaining united, brothers, children, and children's children, no longer able to be contained in the paternal house, leave it in order to go and found new houses like so many colonies. They form alliances, whence affinities and the increase of the family. Little by little, the houses multiply, everything grows, everything develops, and the commonwealth is born. In the 16th century, Bowdoin consecrated chapter 7 of the third of his six books of the commonwealth to show how the origin of bodies and communities was in the family. And M. Savigny, in his treatise on Roman law, also says, families form the seed of the state. There's the music for our half-hour break, beloved. We're going to end here at the moment. We'll stop here, and God willing, we'll pick up tomorrow. Um, This is so important. Um, God formed his entire plan for earth, for the building of his kingdom, for the salvation of his people, uh, for heaven from the family.
from the family, beloved. There's no second plan. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Please join us in a prayer to our guardian angel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O holy guardian angel, take care of our soul and body. Enlighten our mind that we may know the Lord better and love him with all our heart. Help us in our prayers so that we may not give in to distractions. Assist us with your advice so that we may see the good and carry it out with generosity. Defend us from the insidious snares of the enemy and sustain us in temptations that we may always be victorious. Remedy our coldness in our worship of the Lord. Cease not to protect us until you have brought us into paradise where we will praise our good God together for all eternity. Amen. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the Station of the Cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, This is our half hour together and you are absolutely welcome to call in. Our lines are open, and um, we love taking your calls with anything whatsoever on your heart. It does not have to be our subject, but yours. And the toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, <clears throat> let me see now. We have... We have an email uh, from Lydia. Lydia says, what is the rapture? I've heard different descriptions and explanations from different people. I've also been told by some that it is a farce, F-A-R-C-E, altogether. No, it's not. It's not. Um, But others take it extremely seriously, as we should. So I'm not sure what to believe. Can you help clear that up for me? Well, my authority... um, uh, at least, um, uh, not authority, but responsible go-to is Catholic Answers. And um, in their article on the rapture, um, <clears throat> they say, um, let me just see, um, 
let me just see. All right. Uh, it gives all different views of the rapture. Hold on a second. Let me, let me get something better. Um, okay. And this is by Trent Horn. Um, and he says, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I should look this up on the break. Um, Trent says, um, he, he uh, quotes the scripture, this doctrine comes from the 19th century. Okay, here we go. Um, <clears throat> Trent Horn says that, um, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so the whole matter of being left behind, that uh, Christians will be raptured up uh, and that unbelievers will be left behind, he says, let's take a look at Bible passages and dive a little bit deeper into the doctrine of the rapture itself. It comes from the 19th century, around the year 1830, John Nelson Darby was one of the first people to really popularize it. Now the word rapture goes back to a Latin word, that is using the translation of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Um, uh, rapturo, um, which means to snatch or to take away. And so that's what Paul writes when he's talking about Christ's second coming in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Quote, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. And... Um, on the face of it, Trent says, when you read this, it seems to say that when Christ comes at his second coming, the final promise of the resurrection of the dead will be fulfilled. Those who have died, those who have died in Christ will rise first. And then if we happen to be alive at Christ's second coming, we'll be caught up with them. Those who are left will be caught up together. That's the Latin word. And to say rapture, I don't know... Um, he says from Raturo, if that's correct translation, you could also say shall be raptured, that is taken up to be with Christ. And so this imagery is similar to when Christ was entering into the city of Jerusalem, his triumphal entry. The crowds go out to meet Christ and be united with him, and then they join with Christ and enter into the city. Similar language. Now, the idea behind the rapture is that Christ will come and all of us, those who are the believers, will be caught up to God and those who do not believe will be left behind. They won't be taken up to God. And also, the other thing that will be left behind will be the true believers, their clothes, their personal um, possessions, their vehicles will be left behind. So you have in the Left Behind series... Things like planes crashing because all the Christian pilots are going to disappear. Cars crashing, mayhem and madness. And those who will be left behind will be forced to face something called the tribulation. 
the final series of evils and calamities that will befall the world before Christ really does come in a second coming. Now, this is the Protestant evangelical premillennial view, which, which I was taught for 18 years. Um, and Trent says you're starting to see a little bit of the difference here, that the rapture doctrine relies on the idea that Christ's second coming will be split into two, like Christ will come to rescue the church from the tribulation, from these final disastrous elements at the end of the world. And then he'll come again after the tribulation to usher in the final judgment. And so Catholics would disagree with the rapture because the constant teaching and what the scriptures say when Christ returns to usher in the second coming, that is it. There's not going to be a third coming, beloved. There is not going to be some kind of long, prolonged gap between the rapture and then the final judgment and the resurrection of the dead and the end of the world. Um, Paragraph 675 of the Catechism says this of the tribulation, quote, Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. And beloved, I don't know this, but it it seems like we're at least at the beginning of that final trial now. Uh, I'm no prophet, I don't know, but uh, we know things that get a lot worse and they're pretty bad right now. Um, And it'll shake the faith of many believers. And I know already many are leaving the church Um, And I I say to every one of you out there, if you are Catholic, you are in the church Christ established, and that which he prophesied, read the letters of of, uh, St. Paul to Peter, Um, read Timothy, read Titus, read them all, and you'll see the the tribulation that's going to come upon the church in in the last days. The last days began with Christ on the cross, but this looks like if not the end times, certainly the beginning of the end times. And it has shaken the faith of many believers, even the scriptures say, if possible, to deceive the elect. The persecution that accompanies our pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. And then this paragraph of the Catechism goes on to say, the Antichrist will be the full manifestation of this religious deception, end quote. So the final tribulation will be calamities, um, disasters, but even worse will be a system that will encourage widespread apostasy or total repudiation of the Christian faith in favor of something else that will claim to be a kind of secular salvation. I don't know about you, beloved, but this synod on synodality seems to be leading us that way. Trent says there will be a tribulation, but believers who are alive at that time will go through the tribulation with other people. It will be a final test. That's why it says that before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. Those who believe in the rapture claim that the faithful will be those who believe in what is called a pre-tribulation rapture. That's where I used to be as an evangelical Protestant. Um, 
Trent says, I'm going to break that down a little bit um, uh, in the views of the end times. But those Protestants who believe in a rapture that will take place before the tribulation believe that Christians would kind of be plucked away from the danger. Unbelievers will go through the tribulation. Then there'll be a final judgment. But that is not what the church teaches. And it also, it's not what the Bible teaches when we look at paragraph 675 of the Catechism, which we just read. Um, And uh, let's see now, Trent's going to break things down. I don't want to read all of this. Um, And he says, in order to break things down, I have to talk about another concept that's common to all Christian views of the end times that people try to understand. And it is that concept of the millennium, the thousand years, the millennium, this is discussed in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, uh, verses 5 and 6. And it says this, quote, The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who shares in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, that they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him. A thousand years. So Christian views of the end times have to understand what is the meaning of the millennium, what is the meaning of the tribulation, when Christ will come again. And so Trent says, um, where does a rapture fit into all of this? Um, here are the four Christian views of the end time. And the one that is closest to what the Catholic Church teaches about the end times Um, And all of them speak of the millennium. Um, um, Oh my, there's just so much here. I'm I'm not going to read it all. Um, Okay. Uh, And I'm sorry I'm reading it like this, a little choppy. Um, It seems that um, Revelation chapter 20 is talking about how believers shall be priests of God and, and of Christ. They shall reign with him a thousand years. Um, what does that mean? Um, I tell you what, um, the, there's so much, and you can go to catholic.com, many, many, many articles on the, on the um, rapture, Lydia. Uh, there's another book that's called The End of the World. It was St. Therese of, Therese of Lisieux's favorite book. Um, the end of the present age, rather, I think it is. I'll look it up during the break. The end of the present age, a view of the end of the world. But the Catholic rapture, the rapture that Paul speaks about, is at the end of time when Christ returns and we will be caught up with him in the air. Um, And because of um, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, uh, they packed their bags and they were waiting on the rooftops. And he says, don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Get back to work and, and evangelize the world. We're talking about uh, Christ's second coming, not a, a snatching of true believers out of the world prior to that. Absolutely not. And I'm glad for that because I, no one wants to go through the tribulation, but I, for one, am glad that we will. Because I, for one, I say for one, I don't know how many feel this way, I want to be alive as long as there's one person on the earth, no matter the tribulation, that does not know Jesus and his church. So what? 
If, if I'm dead tomorrow, it's the beginning of forever. If I'm dead 500 years from now, it's the beginning of forever if I don't turn from Christ. And I don't deserve it. I deserve hell. Every one of us do. And by grace, which is what we don't deserve, God is giving us heaven. The free gift of God is salvation. Um, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is salvation by His grace, His free grace. None of us could be good enough. None of us could deserve it. A billion sacrifices would not earn heaven, no matter what. We deserve hell. Christ's sacrifice alone is the Jewish Messiah. He is the one that has saved us from hell if we give our lives to Him, if we trust in His sacrifice. The only propitiation, the only satisfaction uh, to a holy God for our sins. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Don't go away. Joe McLean here, host of A Catholic Take, heard on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. A bold synthesis of information and inspiration, keeping you up to date on the news and issues that you may have missed from a courageous Catholic perspective. That's A Catholic Take, weekday morning, 7 a.m., right here on the Station of the Cross and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. Download it today. God love you. Station of the Cross has many ways to keep you informed about our programming. You can view the highlights of our primetime programming schedule or the full 24-7 programming grid at both thestationofthecross.com or the free iCatholic Radio app. Just search under the Programming tab. Our website also offers a printable version for your convenience. the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station, but it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm live and I'm she and I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, and I just let you know that um, uh, we will be sending out an email today. Uh, we have um, tons of products on this end um, that 
uh, we've had for years, and we've been in so many different locations. We unpacked everything, even things I haven't seen for many years. And we've got lots of books and DVDs and CDs and pamphlets and holy cards and uh, lots of things. And we put them together in a product brochure. And we started with 50% off on every item and estimated that many of them are 70% off. Some of them are, one one particular we're just giving away free. And I'm going to announce this. It's the film Unplanned by Abby Johnson uh, that was in the theaters highly acclaimed, wonderful, and someone gifted us with quite a few of them a while back. And so we didn't pay for them, and we're giving them away free. So if you wish that, just let us know, and we'll send you one or how many, however many copies you wish of Unplanned. If anyone is considering an abortion or, or anything of that sort, um, it's, it's the perfect thing to give them. Um, I, I think it's tremendously well done. Um, whoever's on our email list, we are going to send out that brochure by, it's four pages. We're going to send that brochure out by email today and, um, you can print it out or fill it out or so and return to us. Um, and we'll get the products out to you and you'll have it, uh, by, if you're on our email list, you'll have the email, uh, before the end of the day. If you're not on our email list, uh, we'll also post it on our homepage, motherofisraelshope.org, and you can get it there and print it out. And then get on our email list so you can get our Christmas newsletter and other things, which we're going to be sending it also complete. And um, it's it's hot off the press, and we're going to put it in the mail by the end of this week and email before that. So, um, And it covers Advent right through to February 2nd the presentation of our Lord in the temple, the traditional end of the of Christmas tide, the Christmas holy season. So a lot coming together, and we just want you to know in advance so you can have it and take advantage of it. Um, we have an email from uh, someone who writes anonymously and says, <clears throat> are we ever told for sure that Mary is omnipresent? If not, how can we be assured that she heals, hears all of our prayers? The only one who is omnipresent, meaning all present, present everywhere, is God. No one else. Not Mary, not any of the saints. Zero. Only God. It's, an, it's a um, divine attribute uh, to be omniscient, that is all-knowing. O-M-N-I is a prefix meaning all, meaning all present, omnipresent. Omniscient, omni. Uh, science, in a sense, all-knowing, and then omnipotent, omnipotent, all-powerful. Those three attributes belong to God alone, and no human being, no matter how blessed or powerful. Only God. How is it that Mary can hear our prayers? Because we pray to her. The same way every saint, everyone in heaven, even if they're not canonized saints, if they're in heaven, They can hear our prayers. We can pray to our loved ones. We can ask them to pray for us because they don't need to be present, physically present. And we don't need to be present. When someone dies, they are outside of time and space. God created time for this earth, for this world. Once we leave earth, which our soul does the moment we die, um, 
There is no longer time and space separating from us. No longer. Um, Picture calling someone, and we each have the phone in our ear. I don't know if this is going to work or not. We don't see each other necessarily. We're not present to each other, but we are through electricity, through whatever the sound waves are that connect. But there's no need for sound waves. Outside of time and space, we can pray for one another. We can assist one another. In fact, those who are in purgatory on their way to heaven uh, are helpless. And they can pray for us, but they cannot pray for themselves. So we must pray for them. Um, And they have no ability to ask for our prayers uh, because it's one way. We can pray for them. Um, They cannot help themselves, but we can sacrifice for them. We can pray for them. And all is through Christ. If you ask me to pray for you, I say, of course. I don't say to you, why don't you go to God? He's omnipresent. Because you know you can go to God. But you ask me to pray for you. Um, uh, And I do. And how is that possible when God is the only mediator between God and men? But we are little mediators. We are little Christ in the big mediator. Um, and so through Christ, we can pray for one another and they can pray for us. So no, only God is omnipresent and we can be sure that Mary hears our prayers as do all the saints, because through Christ, they are made possible. That is made possible. Uh, Curtis through an email writes, if the synod succeeds in its goal of installing female ordination as a regular practice, what would that mean for the church moving forward? I cannot see myself ever being willing to attend a mass with a female priest. So it seems like it would just make it harder for faithful Catholics to find a mass that works for them. And can I protest this in any way, or would that put me in a state of sin, since this is all coming from the Holy See? Okay, Um, Curtis, um, if it happens that the church moving forward from this synod uh, says at some point um, a year from now that uh, women can be ordained either as deacons or priests, they cannot. And for a sacrament and true ordination to take place, you need form and matter. The form are the words of consecration. The matter is a male, not a female. So the same thing. When a priest consecrates the Eucharist, he has bread, that's uh, wheat and water, a little wafer, and that is the matter and the form of consecration, which are the words. If the priest has anything but wheat and water, if he has an English muffin, if he has anything else, um it doesn't become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ because it's wrong matter. If he doesn't say the proper words of um, um, consecration, it's it's invalid. So uh, female is wrong matter. And it doesn't matter what a bishop or the pope or anyone does or says over a female. She cannot be a priest because she's the wrong matter. If she functions as a priest, you are right to stay away. Do, Do not ever attend a mass where a woman is acting, she's not a priest, where she's acting 
in the role of a priest because nothing will happen. And so um, it will make it harder for faithful Catholics to find a mass that works for them. Um, and uh, as predicted by many, the church uh, at that point will uh, speed up its process of going underground without without question, I think. Um, can you protest this in any way? A thousand percent. Would it put you in a state of sin since it's coming from the Holy See? Absolutely not. The Holy See will be in sin itself if it teaches what is error. You will never be in sin for protesting a lie, for protesting what is harmful to the faithful, for protesting what is not the deposit of faith, what is untrue. We must protest this. And again, if we go underground, we go underground. The church, uh, the, the, the gates of hell will not prevail. And what you're saying, Curtis, is very possible. I don't say it'll happen, but it's not too far-fetched. We stay with the truth, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, if we have to be in a basement or in the forest. God bless you. We'll be with you all tomorrow.